Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. This episode is presented by Away Travel. Quite simply, Away makes everything you need for trip away. Away started with the perfect suitcase, then built from there, creating a range of travel standards developed by the travel stories of friends and seatmates. The pieces aren't smart. They're thoughtful with features that solve real life problems to give the whole world access to better travel standards. Away took the direct-to-consumer approach to lower prices, and the quality is guaranteed. Your Away suitcase will be with you for life. We are teaming up with Away and Podgo to give you the best deal on premium luggage by going to podgo backslash away, that's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O backslash away. Away Travel, here to make your journey seamless. Happy Friday. We have made it another week. God is so good. I'm so glad that we are all here together in this space on a Friday. It has been a long week. We already know. Um, I am working on some amazing things. But before I just want to say, first of all, if this is your first time here with conversations with Toy, please understand, don't be a stranger. Come back take shoes off, get comfortable. This space, this ride, this journey of this today's podcast and any of the podcasts that you listen to are literally going to be hopefully uplifting, hopefully a little bit of humor and a whole lot of realness. We talk about everything from self-care, mental health, therapy, and we try to find a way to make our lives just a little bit better here on this earth because that is what we're here to do. And so let's get right into today's episode. Now, I know in these last couple of weeks, last week, I tried to be five seconds of lighter. You know, we have been talking about relationships um, from parents and friends and all kinds of different things. And I attempted, I was on my good behavior this week to attempt to come with something completely different. However, the good world just will not allow that to happen. So I wanted to talk about, um, because we talk about so many different parts of relationships and good, our brother, Kirk Franklin. Now I am a PK. I have said this plenty of times. If you don't know what a PK is, that is a preacher's kid. And as a preacher's kid, I have been in my, in church pretty much my whole entire life. So Kirk Franklin is a gospel artist. No one in anybody who's ever stepped their baby toe into a church should not know who um, Kirk Franklin is, especially if you've been into a black church. It is what it is. You should know by now. And over the week, I should say over the weekend, there was a recording um, produced by Kirk Franklin's eldest son. Now, let me just be quite frankly, quite frank. I, as much as I know about Kirk Franklin and his music, I did not or may not have been fully aware. Maybe I knew and just forgot that he had an elder son. 
and his son put out a, um, a snippet, I should call it, of a conversation between him and Kerr Franklin. You should give that a listen if you want to get reference of where and what happened. But in a nutshell, uh, there was some exchange that went down before and after the snippet. We're not sure what droves, uh, drove Kurt Franklin to cuss his son out. I believe his son is like in his 30s, like 33, 32, something to that effect. And so he is cussing his son all the way out, telling him what he is going to do. And it is not a good or easy recording to listen to. So I preface that so that when you go back and you listen to it, just just put in your tabs if you're on Instagram or any social media and just put Kurt Franklin. The recording will come up almost immediately. It is the hot topic of the week. It has been a topic that some of the blogs have talked about. And they talk about that in the in the context of um, toxic parenting and whether or not Kurt Franklin is considered to be a toxic parent because of the way that he spoke to his son and is he in his rights to have talked to his grown son in the way that he did because he felt disrespect disrespected we do know that because he stated that in the snippet and again it could go either way Um, if you have never had um, any dealings with a toxic parent to you you may find that you know, Kirk might have been wrong just because it may be the first time you ever heard a parent talk to their child that way. I actually hope that you do have that sense of feeling that you've never heard a parent cuss their child out. But the reality of it is that's it. And unfortunately, it does happen. And I'm not making excuses for it. I will say that when you hear snippets, and you don't hear the full story, there's nothing that I can go further outside of the snippet. Because again, we don't know what led up to and nine times out of 10, if someone is cursing you out, it's most likely because of buttons that were pushed. You know, when you are in an intimate relationship, meaning a child and a, and a, and a parent, or you with your mate, or you as a parent with your own children, these are really close relationships that people get to know who you are beyond title beyond whatever you bring to the table. So again, whatever exchange happened between Kurt Franklin and his son only the two of them knows and whoever was on the line because at the end of the day everybody has these pressure points that they they have and you know people are human and again I'm not sitting here saying that I'm high-fiving Kurt Franklin when I heard it initially it did not make me feel like I needed to high-five Kurt Franklin I'm gonna keep it real it made me say to myself now regardless of what happened that he shouldn't have talked to his son that way I'm not saying that he's not justified in how he feels but the way he spoke to his son to me again only based and I say that only based on the snippet provided I found that that Kerr Franklin was not in his right to talk to his son in that manner um went on social media which which again it's it can be a cesspool of crazy when you go on social media and you're listening to everybody's advice because and everybody's opinion, because just like my opinion, everybody has one. And a lot of people were like, no, Kurt Franklin, again, as a father was in his rights. And again, for me, I looked at it as Kurt Franklin and being the father should have more sense to not allow somebody to push you. But I do know because I've been pushed plenty of times, um, how I know how I can get. And there, if there was ever recordings back in the day when I was going off, when I was able to incapable of going off on people like that, I probably would not um, be very, it wouldn't be very favorable for me. However, for me, I would very much own it. Just like Kirk did, he did own on up to what he said, as far as you know, him working on himself, I probably wouldn't have been as diplomatic back in the day, like if we're talking about my 20s, I, I wouldn't have been diplomatic, it had been more like I said it and what? 
You know what I mean? Like that type of thought process. But again, when you're evolving, I just don't, I don't, I'm not in the same space to see that as it's a, not a big deal for me. It was just like, come on, sir, you know, get yourself together. But again, snippets are snippets. And that is one of the stories that have been really popping off for the week with Kurt Franklin and his son. And apparently it's not over. Um, there have been reports that Kurt Franklin and the this his son's mother kind of joined forces together and are supposed to be putting out an interview or already have put an interview out. I have not listened to it as of yet, but I will make it my personal journey to do so. Because I just want to know, like, as far as how did they parent him? You know, Kurt Franklin being Kurt Franklin, um, because Kurt Franklin was Kurt Franklin rather young in his younger years. So I want to know, like, how that whole dynamic um, came to be was again I don't know enough about this son and how you know I'm, I'm assuming that this son was before his marriage um, so again I, I, I want more history so I'm going to f- listen to more information about him and about the situation and again take everything with a grain of salt there's always three sides to every single story so again I want to hear what's been happening um, let's get into my own personal week this has been a long week. I got vaccinated. I went to tell you guys last episode that I got vaccinated with the first um, vaccine. I got the Pfizer one. And um, I will say the, what is it? The symptoms the um, that I had were um, a headache and exhaustion. So I was extremely tired and I had this pounding, pounding headache. It lasted for a few, a couple days. It wasn't like, it wasn't when I got it done, it wasn't a situation that if I had the option knowing that I was going to have these symptoms that I felt like I wouldn't have done it. So I I don't. Um, For me, I, I think people getting vaccinated should be something that people do, but it's also a personal decision. So I would never push my decision on someone else and say that you should get it done. But for me, Um, My husband and I have decided to do so. Again, we are doing everything we possibly can to protect our three children. Two of our three children do have extreme severe asthma, and there's no way that we could feel calm or a sense of calm knowing that we could get this virus and pass it on to them and or us get it and then not be there. And we just want to do everything that we can. When you have kids, you look at things a little differently in life. Had I been in my 20s, 30s, and I didn't have children, I, I, I probably would think differently. But for me right now, this was the best decision for me, my husband or my husband and I. So that's what we did. Um, so we got it. I got my my first. So I go for my second in a couple of weeks. My husband is going to be getting in the next couple of days his second. So he'll be on the verge of being fully vaccinated. You know, you have to wait at least two weeks after you had your second shot or if you've been able to get the first one, you have to wait two weeks after to be fully good to go. Let's also keep in mind that doesn't mean that we can kind of live recklessly. You can um, go with other people who have been fully vaccinated and not necessarily have to wear a mask. Um, but keep in mind that that the vaccination doesn't stop you from getting it. It just stops the symptoms from being as severe. So for my husband and I, we're still going to do very much of um, social distancing when it comes to being very particular about who we're around. Because as much as you know that somebody may have gotten vaccinated or you have to trust that they've gotten fully vaccinated because there are going to be a whole bunch of people lying that did not get vaccinated. And that's the the choice and the chance that you take. And so um, you don't know what people do when they're in the confines of their own home, who they've been around. So it's another still another level. But I, I felt a little bit of calm. 
Um, I went and finally saw my doctor, went to my doctor's appointment. Again, everything has been completely healthy, which I'm so happy about because that's not always been the case. Let me just say. And so I'm waiting on my blood test results. And outside of that, um, everything else on the outside looks pretty good. And that felt good because I've gone to doctor's appointments in um, the last couple of years. And um, these last two to three years have been so amazing. But those years prior to that, not so much. So many things for me being at that time in my mid thirties to have so many health issues, like it was just ridiculous. But again, when you're not taking care of yourself, this is what happens. You put yourself in a situation where you're not doing the best that you can to be at your truest and best self. And for me as a mom, I need to do all that I can to be here for my children, but to be here for myself. So I have at that point, um, three years ago had decided to make some lifestyle changes. Um, I am vegan. I'm so proud to say that I am. And, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just excited for the ability to just know that my health is my wealth and I'm able to just feel and be healthy. Um, this week though, something amazing happened. I just, listen, I'm so excited. I, I guess podcasts for awaken the awesome. It's a podcast and it's amazing. Can I just say that? Um, Oliver is an amazing host. You need to go and give him a listen. I'm going to link him um, into this um, episode in the episode notes. But I want you to give him a listen, having amazing conversation with him about all kinds of things. I won't get too deep into it because when it drops, I will be making sure you're aware of that. But it was my first time being a guest. I've had guests on on, on conversations with Toy, but I have never podcast I've never been a guest on someone else's show so that was a first and so if it had to be a first with uh, Awaken the um, the Awesome I am excited for that conversation so just flows so easily you know when you talk and you're speaking to someone the best conversations for me is those ones that make you think after you've had those conversations and this is definitely going to be one of those uh, podcasts that's going to make you think so I can't wait for that to drop I'm working on a project that I actually just turned in today. So y'all just send y'all the imaginary hands my way. And it's in a project that I couldn't even imagine have ever been doing. And this is going to be an amazing project for moms and dads um, to my parent um, audience and those who want to become parents in the near future, just about some of my story about postpartum depression. So I cannot wait to bring this amazing content to you. It is for me, again, the way that I started my blog and then this podcast, it was just the way that my story started, just having that raw, vulnerable moment and sharing it and sharing it in a way that I felt like it was going to be of assistance to someone else. At the end of the day, it's going to, you know, everything that I do, I always wanted to be an encouragement to someone. And so we're going to get that opportunity once that content comes and everything is all good to go. I cannot wait to share that. I will make sure you get to listen, read it, all that great stuff. So um, this week has been amazing. We are still celebrating women um, on the blog, um, Toy Time blog, and we are almost done because the month is almost done. Now, listen, let's keep this all the way 100. As a woman, I am always a champion for other women. I'm a champion for seeing women succeed. So and everything that I do is going to be mostly for and geared towards women. And so I am honored to just put a little bit of extra sprinkle, I would like to say on Women's History Month. Um, if you didn't know it was Women's History Month, it is. And today, Friday the 19th, guys, it is National Sleep or World Sleep Day. 
Um, I know, for instance, I have been doing my due justice to try to get as much sleep, putting myself on a sleep schedule, going to bed at a certain time at night, trying to wake up um, at a certain time in the morning because your body needs to renew itself. And the way that it renews itself is by sleep. I know that as a creator, as a blogger, as a podcaster, as a mom, as a wife, and all the thousand and one titles that come along with this life, that we want to complete every single thing. There have been times when I have gone to bed and there's been a to-do list that never really got fully touched. And the one of the things I used to think that I had to do everything all at one time, listen, some things will just be there in the morning. Somebody needs to hear that lesson. Some things will just literally be there in the morning. There literally is not enough time. There's not enough hours in one day. And so what you don't complete, put it on to the plate for the next day. Lord's will, you will be able to get up and you will be able to take care of it. You do not have to do all the things. Sometimes your body just needs that rest. What you think is irritability could just be a mix of irritability as well as needing some good old fashioned sleep. So on World Sleep Day, try to work it in your schedule to even if it's just over the weekend to get you some sleep, get you some rest. I'm telling you, sleep will change your life. I have taken some of the most 15 to 20 minutes of a nap and it will do you well. So on World Sleep Day, promise yourself that you're going to get an extra hour. Listen, this uh, daylight savings that we just had has been kicking my behind. I actually was supposed to go for my blood test earlier this week. I completely missed it because one, I never do this and I did it this week is I never not wake up in the morning and not look at my schedule. Like I always religiously when I make my bed, I go and I look at my schedule to see what's on the horizon. And for the one time I didn't do it, I missed the whole appointment. How, how, how? Um, thankfully, I was able to get that done yesterday. So again, I wait for those results. And I will let you know how healthy or how unhealthy I am. But I from my understanding, I'm pretty good to go. And um, yeah, so this uh, daylight savings is really doing a number on my brain on my time. And yeah, so this weekend, I will be getting my own rest and taking my own words as advice and finding that time to either sleep in a little bit late for me. Um, in my house sleeping in because my kids are becoming a little older. Sleeping in is like nine for me. Um, but that's a far cry from getting up at five o'clock on Monday through Friday. So if I can sleep until nine, that is technically sleeping in for me and that would do me just well. But there's been times when I've slept longer, like I've, or not even slept, but just stayed in the bed and relaxed, you know, just enjoyed looking at the wall, looking up at the ceiling and just resting. Those are the, it's just like the absolute best. So yeah, find a way to get some sleep. And um, take a rest, take a time out, take a time out for yourself because you cannot do it all. Trust me, it'll be there when you're done. Another topic for the week that has had everybody all deep into their feelings if you are living in the United States is the STEMI, the STEMI checks, the stimulus. $1,400 per adult and I, I guess it's not even really per adult. I guess it's really per adult and per dependent, I would like to think. I would think it is. And um, folks are losing their minds. The memes have been pretty much writing themselves. I have shared some on my personal account just because they are hilarious. Like, in no, I mean, there are some that I've actually have had me dying 
And so if you ever get a chance, I mean, you, I don't understand if you're on social media, there's no way you couldn't have seen at least one. I have been, if you follow me, I'm posting it because it's hilarious. And it's just a testament of like how creative people can be. Do you not know that the creativity has no bounds? The songs that I've heard that people have remixed and made has no bounds. Listen, there, there's a job for you in marketing. I, you need to do, I need you to get on your do better and use these skills for marketing. There is a company that needs your, needs your skills. Did you not understand that? The people who are making these memes, there is a job for you. Please continue putting out your stuff because somebody is going to pick it up. Somebody is going to be like, listen, let's get them on the marketing team. You need a job in marketing. I'm telling you, you have what it takes. You've been had what it takes because some of y'all are out here. It's, it's hilarious. And I hope that somebody is going to see you and give you the coins that you need because it's hilarious. There's just like no other way around that. So stimulus checks are coming out, whether you have already received it or you have not like myself, um, whatever the case may be, make sure that you do whatever is best for you. There's going to be a thousand and one ways of people telling you that, you know, from the intellectual of saving it, building it a business. I believe in all of those things, but I also want to be real. You can't save and think about putting into a business when you can't feed your family. Right. And there's been people who have truly gone through some things and they're going to need that money just to make them either be stable or just feel that have that stability. So as much as I would love for you to flip that money and um, invest and as much as I would love you for you to flip that money and put that money back into your business, I could not set well my spirit knowing that there are people who cannot pay their bills. There are people who cannot do basic things and they're able to do that now, I want you to go and do whatever's best for you because everybody has their opinions about what you should or should not be doing with the money that you have received. That's not everybody's call. That's your call. Live with the decision that you make and make sure that whatever decision that you make, that you make the best for you and what's for your family, whether that family is just a family of one, make the best decision that you possibly can. But let's be real. There has been stories of people doing the absolute most from the memes that have been a truly funny to the most horrific where a gentleman unfortunately killed. Um, He was trying to kill his girlfriend. He did not kill her, but he ended up killing her mom, her brother, her cousin, um, their seven-year-old daughter, and then had taken the baby. Nothing happened to the baby, but four people did over a stimulus check. That just makes me think of just how wicked one people are. And number two, how far people will go for a couple of dollars. Um, $1,400, even if it's per dependent on your home, depending on if it's just you or a bunch of people may not go as far as people are thinking. You know, if you're behind your bills to $3,000 and you got to spend all of your money towards that, that may not be a whole lot of money, but people are becoming extremely desperate in this time because a lot of people are not working. They don't have the means. And so just protect yourself, be smart on how you spend your money. Um, be smart in how the things that you do with it. If you do decide to go out and buy the things that you want, do that, but just be smart how you move because it's very serious about how people are in this day and age. And because they kind of know that for the most part, a lot of people are getting it, you know, just be careful. Um, that is my suggestion with that because again, people are crazy. And so we need to be careful of how we move in this world when people think that they can take something from you. On a very serious note, I do want to bring um, attention to um, the gentleman, the racist uh, white supremacist um, that is being described um, by the media of the gentleman that killed the eight 
Asian people in Atlanta, I believe. And now there's uh, the campaign of uh, in Asian hate. And, you know, I, the ignorance that I'm hearing when I hear this, though, so, you know, the mass any anybody anytime that you have multiple people shot at one time that's that's mass that's a mass murder and we should not be so desensitized that we start to find ways of finding ways to not support not support something um i've heard people say well you know asians are known to not support black people and black people are known amongst asians to be you know criminals you have to watch them listen I think that we have to deal with all of those things, but I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. I think we can bring and bridge the gap between um, both cultures. But at the end of the day, we're talking about lives that were lost that should not have been lost by any for any reason. And at the end of the day, we're talking about a murderer who killed eight people. And that's where the blame for this particular situation should be um, left at. So I'm not interested in all the drama that I've been seeing online about why we shouldn't support um, the Asian community. We need to support the Asian community. We need to support any community that you have to deal with racism and bigotry or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, these are humans. We're talking about people who lost their lives because of one ignorant person. And those families that are left to deal with that pain, I couldn't even imagine. So again, if you support, make sure that you post one that you support and ways in which to help with that support. It's not enough to just put, you know, in Asian hate, you really got to figure out how can you do that? I've been trying to post as much information that I possibly can. Again, weeding out, you know, things that are not cool and things that are and posting ways that we can support the Asian community, um, the way that we can support, just like we want support for any other causes, just like, you know, the summertime happened and we want everybody to support um, Black Lives Matter, not necessarily the, um, the, the organization, but the the movement of Black Lives Matter, the people of Black Lives Matter. We need to make sure that we support the Asian community as well. So again, um, drop your pretenses about what could happen and should happen and different things. Those are all very real things that are brought to the table. But right now, we want to wrap our arms in love and support for the um, Asian community, period. And anything else besides that, take that up amongst yourselves. I mean, it's your it's your choice to have that thought. I can't change that process for you. But I just want to make sure that we are very aware that we need to be um, supportive of any um, organization or of people and any um, human, to be honest with you, any human who has suffered that much loss. So let's not lose and be desensitized to um, pain and desensitized to struggles and desensitized to um, hurt. Um, the Asian community is hurt right now. This has been some, an ongoing an escalation of violence that has been taking on since I believe, I mean, forever, I'm sure, but definitely since like the last year. So let's just be more mindful. For this week's episode, I wanted to focus on silent treatment and giving of silent treatment. Um, if you've ever had someone ignore you, if you've ever had someone almost dismiss dismiss you in any way, this is the episode for you because we're going to talk about that. Um, over the weekend, my husband did not. Um, so let's be clear. My husband did not dismiss me and or ignore me or have any type of silent treatment. We, for the first time in a long time, had a, an argument. I don't even remember what the argument was about, to be honest with you. 
I'm going to think on it really hard, but I can't really remember what it was about. And in the midst of this argument, he needed his space to um, process. Um, I'm the type of person that likes to process through speaking, meaning that we could be at odds with each other, have an argument. And I want to talk. I want to talk immediately. Even though I say I don't want to talk, I want to talk because in talking, I feel like we're connecting, we're, we're getting to a solution, even if they're not. And I can feel secure in knowing that, whatever is going on that we're still working towards the same common goal, which is to get past it a lot quicker. Um, my husband's been very, 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 very honest about his way of handling things and my way of handling things. They just don't always mesh. And for me, I have a problem with that, that period in time when you have this argument and you begin this talking process and you kind of get past it, you're kind of moving on. I, that space in between does not work well with me. I do not mesh well with that space. So when that spacing happens um, for me, because again, when I was younger, um, my parents and no disrespect to them um, would have these silent treatment moments. And in the midst of that silent treatment moment for me, Again, this is for me in my story, but for me, it just did not do well. I would find myself becoming more anxiety, having more anxiety because now you're trying to do the most to try to get somebody's attention. You know, uh, mommy or daddy, do you see me? Do you hear me? Please, please, you know, talk to me. And again, I'm sharing this not to disrespect or throw my parents underneath a bus or anything like that, because there's nothing that can go and be done about anything that's happened in the past. But for me, I know that there's someone who needs to hear that the silent treatment, when you've been through it enough, you feel again, for me, a sense of anxiety, a sense of anguish, a sense of, uh, uh, you don't feel like you're worthy of that person's attention. So you do, you find yourself doing the most to try to get their attention, whether it's buying them things, um, trying to get them, you know, you'll use any tactic to, to get them to notice you. And with therapy, I've gotten over the point where I feel like I need to do those things. But every now and again, I have to process that spacing. It's that spacing for me. And so this weekend, that's what went down. Um, it wasn't the whole weekend. So don't think that it was like this whole dramatic situation. Um, I went to attempt to call my therapist, but my therapist was not available. So that made me a little bit more um, anxious. Um, I will say that I sat in the car, didn't go anywhere, just sat in a car for about maybe 10 minutes, just that fresh air. I have been saying this for a long time. When you, um, first of all, just in good mental health, you should get outside for 10 minutes. It's not going outside just because you're having a moment, but in general, you should really just try to get 10 to 15 minutes outside. Me not being able to get a hold of my therapist, us having this um, breakdown in communication, me, again, these are my issues that I'm bringing in my own triggers where this space of time where you just are not, you don't know, you don't know what's happening. And in your mind, you're telling yourself it's the worst possible thing when reality it's not. And so that spacing in between was hard for me to, to again, to process so I went again, called my therapist, the therapist is not available. So I'm pretty much on my own to figure this out. Just sitting in my car for 10 minutes really was helpful. I was able to come back in and I had to wash my hair. So anybody that has natural hair knows this is not when you wash your hair, it's not a, um, it's not a quick and easy thing. So by the time um, I listened to podcasts, calm myself down, thought about the situation, thought about what the real issue was, thought about what the real problem was. Um, where was my issue in this? Where did I need to figure out as far as that spacing? Because that spacing and that issue is not his issue to take care of. It's not his issue to hold my hand through. And 
I, at one point in our relationship, this was years ago, put him like on this pedestal because, you know, I felt like, oh, you know, he's like, you know, one of the best things that's happened. And you kind of go through this whole romanticize of your partner, um, having to take him off this, this mental or emotional pedestal and realize that at the end of the day, that he is not the one that needs to rescue me. Sometimes it's just me having to rescue myself. And again, therapy and different things that I do, the, um, journaling, those are things that I use or my go-tos to help me um, continue with this, this lesson, this lesson that I need to learn that it's not someone else's responsibility every single time to pull me out of these moments. And so again, I was like, I felt like it was more like God's way of showing me that one, I'm a lot stronger than I thought that I can control myself and get through these, these, this spacing and that everything that I have learned has already equipped me for getting through those moments. But again, as sometimes we tell ourselves again, this self doubt that we tell ourselves that we're not going to get through it. It's, it's overwhelming. It's bigger than what it is. And again, once I was able to get outside for 10 minutes, once I was able to just take a step back and calm down, I want to say, again, our little, whatever the spacing was that we were having our issue, it wasn't that long. It, it, and, but in my mind, I've already told myself it was like three days. It, it literally was a couple of hours. And um, again, by the time I washed my hair and I know that takes a while and set it and got all my curls the way I wanted it to, um, we were fine. And we were able to talk and get, you know, communicate about um, why I felt the way that I felt. Why did I feel this, this, this issue with this, you know, feeling like he wasn't talking to me, which was not true. But that feeling is over exasperated again, when you've had like the silent treatment, the silent treatment is extremely um, dangerous because the person begins to basically manipulate you to do what they want you to do. And I don't want to say manipulation in a bad way. Well, it's manipulation is bad. There's really no other sugarcoating way about that. But um, you begin to bend to the will of the person that's con that's controlling the silence. You learn very early in the game that it's you are going to be controlled emotionally by what's happening. You are going to want their attention. So you are going to do everything. It's like you want to be seen, you want to be heard. So now you're doing the most for them to see and to hear you. That's just the bottom line. That is what the silent treatment does. And it literally will break down a person. Um, I do not use the silent treatment in my home. That is my personal choice. And I believe that most people now knowing better than what they knew back then, I think should attempt to do the same. The silent treatment does not work um, as far as it works for the person that's controlling the strings, but it does not do anything that's uplifting. It does not edify, does not make that other person feel secure of anything. It makes them feel very insecure about themselves, about the relationship, about their, who they are in your life. And so again, I'm totally against it. And because of that, I have had to fight myself emotionally and mentally about the way that I felt in those moments when I felt really overwhelmed by silence. Um, I can sit in my house with my husband and not talk to him for a while. Like I can sit in my house and not talk to him. But it's not about not speaking to that person. It's about not speaking to them when something has gone wrong. When a conversation has gotten heated, when there's been um, a, a little rift between you and, and the person that you're with, those are those moments. That's the point of silence. Because I, you know, there's been plenty of times he's played his game. I'm writing my blog or I'm reading or I'm writing something. We're not communicating with each other. It's completely just us doing our own thing, especially with the pandemic. I mean, we're just doing our own thing in the same space. But again, 
being in the same space and not speaking to someone is not the same thing as having a rift between another person and then having that spacing. Um, again, I never thought that I could ever get to the point where he and I would have this spacing and we not become better. You know what I mean? Like, or we were having so many issues that I couldn't see that it was just a temporary situation. And that is something where you have to become healthier in your relationship. Because again, you cannot king someone to the point where they feel you give them all this power to make it seem that they're the only one that's controlling the cards or that they are the ones that are going to be like the savior complex that comes in to save you when reality is you're already equipped to handle yourself even in the most stressful situations. So again, going back to the things that I learned in therapy of removing yourself from the situation, calming yourself down, finding out what the actual issue is, if there is actually issue present. Because again, if I can't even tell you what the argument was about, nine times out of 10, it may not be a, been as serious as I had made it in the initial emotional moment. Um, so that has been one of the biggest lessons of this week, especially when it when it maintains to mental health. You know, if you are a healthy mentally per, a mentally healthy person, you may not see this particular signs. You may be like, yes, now I don't have to worry about, you know, doing whatever, whatever. That may be how you think. You don't see a problem when you're having a conflict with someone and there's this space where things are not as perfect as you would like for it to be. And I think for us, because we haven't had as many arguments this entire time, it was just one of those ones that became intense. And again, this intensity that I was feeling at the moment, once I stepped back, I realized that the intensity wasn't as strong as my mind had already told me that it was, you know, in my mind, it was going to be bigger as day. I mean, it was going to, tr you know, go into the next morning, it was going to be a whole situation that actually never happened. And that's the point of anxiety. Your anxiety has already told you that the worst of the worst has come and it's never going to stop. You're going to be, it's almost like being in a pool of water. You've already drowned in your mind. You've already drinking up so much water that you're just pretty much are going to expire. Like it's all kinds of crazy thoughts. And I won't say crazy because I don't want anyone to feel a certain way, but it's all kinds of um, negative thoughts that come into your mind that tells you that something is far worse than what it possibly is. And it, it really was not. But again, when you are in it, when you deal with anxiety, this is the life that goes up and down every single moment, every single day at every situation. And it's up to you. It's up to me to take that responsibility of taking control of our mental health, taking control and utilizing the tools that we've learned. Because what is the point of learning these tools if you're not be able to pull them out and use it? It's like going to the range, learning how to use a gun. And then when the situation happens, you're like, you can't pull the trigger, which does happen. But that can't be the response every single time you can't be in danger like the first couple of times may trip you, but you cannot be in a dangerous situation, whether that's a small danger or even a perceived danger, and then clam up every single time. And so um, I had my clam up. I wanted to feel guilty about having that clam up. Um, I wanted to feel guilty by having that vulnerability because now your partner sees that you're having this moment, right? You've been doing well all this time. Now your partner or whomever, your friend, your family member, your parent, they're seeing you in this moment and you don't want them to see you in this less than favorable moment because you've been doing so well. And in those times when you have told yourself, now I've taken these steps back, it's totally lost. I'm done. You're not right. 
at the end of the day, you still have one more opportunity to get it together. You are aware just things that you have learned. So the situation really did work out for your good. It was a good thing for it to have happened because it allowed you to see where you were. It allowed you to see some areas by which you had to fix. And now that you have this, uh, this information, you're more equipped to handle anything that comes your way. So always learn that in the midst of this negative time when you're feeling very overwhelmed and again, anxiety is so strong, it can be completely debilitating, but it doesn't have to rule your life every single time. And there's going to be moments when you are going to reach the highest of highs of management of emotions, right? You are going to be killing in the game. Nobody can do it better than you. You are out here just being amazing in every way. But the real reality is that as high as you go, you can have moments when you feel like you have reached the lowest but remember even in your lowest moment you are not who the lowest moment has presented you have a chance to become higher you have a chance to do better and I could not I mean to be honest with you I couldn't have told you that a couple years ago I have been in moments where I lived in this negative place and couldn't pull myself up and then again you wallow and then again you tell yourself everything that you are not and then how are you helping yourself doing that you usually don't So it then takes something else, something else to come through and pull you. But anxiety is that way. So if you're experiencing anxiety at any level, trust and believe you are not alone. I would admonish you to find ways to deal with that anxiety. Um, Again, I've been saying this before. For me, journaling is a perfect tool. And listen, because we're in the house, I may not be as in depth to have like a journal right next to me, but I do have a phone that has notes. Take your phone out, write those notes in those um, and write how you're feeling in those notes. Sometimes just putting it out on pen and paper. Again, it's just one of those things that you can visualize. It may sometimes stop you in your track because you get to see yourself in, in the most rawest of forms. So writing things out is a good way. Having a friend, a family member that you can trust. And when I say trust, I mean exactly that. There has been time in my healing where I have been betrayed by a friend or a family member as I was healing through something. And having someone either not believe you, having someone doubt you, having someone talk down on you, make you feel like you're less than these are not people that you should be confiding in when you're going through your most hardest times, especially when you're having any type of a mental health issue. It's just not those that's not what you want to do. So find someone that you truly trust that you can talk to and kind of just let them know what you're feeling and thinking. And the biggest thing is being able to receive the message when it's not tied in the bow that you want it to be. Meaning that you don't have yes men or yes women around you telling you that there's nothing wrong with you and you're perfectly fine when you know and they know that you're not. Like being honest and being true to yourself and being um, able to say I'm not where I need to be but I have so much growth in me that I'm going to continue. Because sometimes we want to be so perfect, like I'm a very type A personality, I like things in its place. I'm very particular about that. I am very organized when it comes to time. Um, I'm going to do things that's going to go more towards the early than it ever is to becoming on time or late. And so again, when you have this um, type A personality, it's almost going to produce a a people pleasing situation, you're going to find yourself trying to please everybody. And then you're going to find out that after all of that, you please nobody, including yourself. So take that a type A personality and sometimes lay that to the side. This week has taught me that taking a break is more important than getting the things done. Now, if you're on a deadline, don't play yourself, (laughs) get your deadline together. But when you're not and you have just a five minutes of wiggle room and you have something to grow, like for instance, I was putting so much pressure with the blog 
to because of Women's History Month to get certain blogs at a certain time. And I was like, wait a minute, this is this is your business. Yes, you can have that. But you may be putting so much stress on yourself that you're causing more harm than good. Take a 15 minute break. That blog can post later. It becoming and posting later is not the end of the world. But again, retraining your mind to be honest about that and saying, you know what, maybe this is something that I'm doing to myself that's actually more harm than good because it is. And this is the reason why we have to have these conversations, whether you want to say normalize it or not, you want to have these conversations of people saying that, listen, I'm accomplishing out here, I'm killing in the game, but sometimes I got to say no. And sometimes I got to take a break. And sometimes I got to take a nap. And sometimes I got to go to bed. Because I need my rest, I need my sleep, I need to renew, I need to take, you know, a breather, I might need to go run somewhere, I might need to do some jump rope, I need to relieve this energy, whatever it is, let's just be more open to talking about that. Because we don't talk about as much as we should be about trying to accomplish the things in between that you can, I know I've experienced burnout in many different ways. But to avoid burnout is to be honest with your time and yourself. Being on time for the things that need to be on time for and then stepping back and saying no, no and flexing your no muscle is so important to good mental health. It's good because it puts people at certain places. You shouldn't allow everybody into your spacing all the time. You should have checks and balances in your life. And I know for me, learning to put people at balance, no matter what the relationship is, has been extremely important for me. And it's been one of those things that has truly helped me, especially with this week. So for self-care for me was taking breaks. Self-care for me was taking that a couple minutes outside to gather my thoughts so that I can come back inside of the house and not have to spew all this, you know, ugliness and yelling and irritability and anxiety all over my children, all over my husband, um, and be able to get past that. Music has been my thing. So I've been talking about the last, what, three or four episodes about how I use music to help me as well. When you are in a situation where you're truly, truly upset, the worst thing you can do is put any music on in the background for me. Because for you, that may be the opposite. It may make you get that energy out and then you can mellow down. For me, I don't need no help. I don't need nothing to come in and encourage any type of um, negative feeling in me. Uh, because again, I will attach to that or I have in the past. I won't say I will, but in the past, I've attached that negative um, outlook. And then it's not something that I can always easily shake. So for me, I find music that calms me down, whether that's gospel music, whether that's jazz music, whatever music that I feel is more calming, that's going to give me a message that's going to be more positive, that changes my mindset. That is what I gravitate towards first. So that's what I've been doing for the last, what, three or four weeks going outside. It was really nice. And so going outside and enjoying the weather, um, I don't, it wasn't as nice as it was last week, but um, we had a couple of warmer, I guess, warm ish uh, days for winter time, I should say warmer, more like warmer winter weather. And so spring is tomorrow. Did you know that spring is tomorrow? Yep. Spring is tomorrow. And I've had my parker on all week, <laughs> just about. And I've had a hat on all week, just about. And I've had on heavy sweatshirts all week. So I'm hoping that spring is going to come in a little, little, little stronger than that and actually give us a couple of extra longer days of warmth. Just a little bit, just a little bit to warm me up just a little bit. Another form of self-care for me this week has been um, 
putting my hair in a more of a protective style for this week. Um, last week, I was trying to do too many wash and goes. And my hair is um, long, but it's also super thick. And then wash and goes is not as easy as some YouTube videos show. And so I had to put my hair in a protective style this week. And of course, you know, my curls are still out there doing what they're doing. But just saying to myself, okay, instead of a wash and go, let's just do a couple of uh, uh, two twists, two hand twists and uh, keep it a call, uh, keep it day, the day moving because my hair is so thick, but I've been enjoying allowing my hair the freedom to do whatever it wants to do, which is something that I've never um, have. And I've been natural with my hair for four years. I want to say um, I'm learning more and more to appreciate it and to kind of figure out what it will do. And so this week of self-care, again, is putting that protective style in my hair and just letting it just kind of having the freedom to see where it's going to lay. And I have been enjoying it. It's been an amazing journey with just that, just with my hair. And that seems superficial, but it's not, you know, for black women in their natural hair, you know, it's a place of contentment and a place of love because you know, we want to be able to love our hair and love the things that our hair can do, you know, as I've gotten older. But when I was younger, my parent, my mom was just like, look, put this relax in your hair. Let's keep it pushing. And I don't doubt I don't blame her. Like she did what she did. That was what it was like. It's not like a negative thing. But as I've gotten older and I've had my own daughters now, I want to see and embrace how my hair really will do. And so the last four years I've been um, natural and my hair has grown, grown in leaps and bounds. So self-care for me is just taking things off my plate where my hair has been concerned and just letting it do what it wants to do. Um, letting it just, you know, as the day, as the weeks and days go big, you know, by the hair gets bigger and just let it, let it do its own thing. I used to be so scared of my hair just kind of being out like in a little curly Afro. And so I would just be so like very irritable about what I wanted this look to be. And so I'm enjoying that. Another place that I have been noticing that I have been enjoying my self care is indulging in more podcasts this week. Um, as a podcaster, I love listening to other podcasts. Um, I think that it's just an amazing thing to hear other people and the way that they think and the, how they do things. And especially depending on the topic, some of them been really serious, some have been really light. And just mixing it up this week, um, I have found that I've enjoyed that. And again, podcasts, just like you're listening to this one, could be listened to while you're doing anything. I listen to podcasts when I'm washing my clothes, while I'm folding. Um, I'm listening to podcasts while my kids are watching that same raggedy YouTube because I'm not the only parent that has my children that love to watch YouTube on the big screen. And again, I prefer that way because then we can watch and see what they're watching. But some of it becomes so crazy. And some of the stuff that I'm like, who is putting this out here in this universe? And people are literally watching that as I'm watching it with them. And so yeah, I've enjoyed um, listening to podcasts while they have been watching their uh, videos on YouTube. Because again, it's a great distraction. It's a great environment. It's a great listen. And sometimes a lot of times it's a great way to um, hear yourself. Sometimes you can hear yourself on a podcast and you'd be like, yep, she's talking about me. And I'm not I'm talking about myself, but something resonates. And so the same thing happens to me when I'm listening to other people's podcasts, or it's something that's just truly funny. And has been um, something that just needed I needed to laugh at that moment. Again, laughter, laughing. Um, I've been watching I don't watch as much TV per se. I know this is going to come off weird, but I, I'm not a big or heavy TV watcher. My husband is. That's what makes us so much like night and day. But I'm not. I can curl it with a good book. I can write and I would be content. 
I don't really don't know of a show that I would be like, oh my gosh, if I couldn't watch. I'm not saying that there's not good TV. Um, there has probably, uh, there's things that I've watched that has been extremely um, done well, but I'm not a big TV uh, watcher. I actually would prefer reading a book. Um, the Grammys was this past weekend and I was asked um, by a couple of friends if I had watched it. The answer that I gave to them and the answer I'm giving to you is I did not. I saw the same highlight reels that everybody else saw on various social medias from the time that it aired until the time that it went off and then beyond. I did not watch it, but congrats to all the amazing winners. Um, one of the things that I love to do, you know, I always like to find things that have been extremely um encouraging things that I find that are uplifting and seeing um, Tiffany Haddish's response when she realized she won for um, best comedian uh, comedic uh, album I believe and her tears and just like saying like you know I remember when I didn't know if I was good enough that is what resonated with me I said listen she is me and I am her uh, to me and Tiffany are like best friends in my head because you know we all feel like especially when you have like, like I said, this was a rough week for me in some in a lot of aspects. When you have these rough days, and you have these rough months, and you have these rough weeks, and you have these rough, you know, whatever, you know, you really sometimes question like, is whatever I'm doing good enough? Is whatever I'm doing, um, making a difference is what I'm doing, um, making an impact. And even though obviously, I don't have the same platform as Tiffany um, Haddish does, and congrats to her, um, by the way, the end of the day for me, it's more or less just noticing how grateful she continues to be of the little things, you know, and I can understand that, you know, she tells her story so well about the things that she has been through. And when you go through something, I'm telling you, it's just, it just makes you look at things so differently. You get so grateful for the littlest things. And, um, that's why people are so, I don't know, I guess, they have issue when you become really positive after being, you know, dipping so low into negativity. I am, um, people didn't realize that in my personal Facebook that I would share these national holidays because for me, I would share them like every single day. I've gotten to the point where I've shared them so much. I can just continue just to hit that. You know, when you hit the memory button, they can just hit that. And then everybody can say, Oh, here's the national holidays for the day. I'm at that point now. But for me, what people didn't realize was that the reason why I discovered what national holidays were every single day. And the reason why I did that was because when I first started, it was a way for me to find something in the day that was grateful enough for me to like gravitate, to celebrate, to look forward to, to look up to. And although I don't have to post them every single day now, although I do know them, that's how I know it's World Sleep Day. It's a matter of looking at life from a different lens, Instead of looking at my my life through these like sunglass lens where everything was so clouded and dark, I'm able to see life for what it is. Literally, there's nothing that we can't celebrate every single day. If you woke up this morning, you can celebrate that. And I know that sounds old because you remember the old, you know, I don't want to say old people, but back in the day, you know, our elders, they would tell you, you know, when I would go to church as a PK preacher's kid, you know, you would have testimony service and they would say, you know, I just want to thank God for my life, my health and my strength. But as a kid, you know, you just repeat it because that's church vernacular. Like you got to know the church ways you go to somebody's church. You should know how to say certain things. Um, and so I took for granted that that was just the way we spoke. That was just like church language. That was what a church kid knew. But as I got older, 
you know, they told me that this would happen. Like the older people told you, you just have to learn a little bit, baby. As you learn a little bit, you're going, you're going to figure it out, but it's true. And so when, when the older people would say, I want to thank God for my life, my health and my strength. If you've ever had your life almost be taken, you understand that. And when your mind is not where it needs to be. And obviously I've been there. I understood that. And when my health was completely declining and I was in this unhealthy lifestyle, you realize that when people say that it's true, like you need to be grateful for the life that you have. Like it didn't say you had to be grateful for the life that you had because your life is going great and everything that you want is coming to you. It means that even in the lowest moments, when I don't have the things that I even need versus God forbid the things that I actually want, when I'm not in the place where everything is going great and I don't even see the resources coming to make my life better. When I'm in a place where I don't know if I'm going to make it with my marriage and I don't know how I'm going to mother my children. These are the times. These are the things that once you get to a certain place, you realize that these are the things that you should be grateful for. So I wake up with intention every single day of asking God or looking down into myself and saying, what are the things that I can be grateful for right now? Because it's from the place of gratitude that I have grown and leaps and bounds. Because when you've been negative for so long and when you've been that person that everybody's like, oh, Lord, here she come. She going to say, the you know, the grass is green and here she come talking about the grass is blue. You've gotten that past that point. You've taken care of your life and you've gotten your health together and you really can see life for what it is as a beautiful place. Even in the midst of darkness, life changes for you. Life changed for me. Maybe don't change for you, but for me, it changed. Taking accountability for the actions that I put out into the world changed. Instead of me trying to blame everybody else for why I, I am the person the way that the way that I am, right? It's not everybody else's fault that I am the way that I am, but it is my responsibility to take in charge of my life and my decision making process. And the consequences may not change just because I woke up and decided I'm going to be better. I may have to live in that consequence, but my life can still change. And so, yeah, I wake up intentionally to discover what it is out here to, to celebrate. When I look at my children and let me just say this, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. My kids, again, I said two of them have asthma and the one does not. And with the two that have had asthma, I have seen my kids in situations where they could have been um, on a ventilator. I have seen them not be able to breathe and gasping for air. And as a parent, there was nothing that I could physically do outside of getting them to the help that they need. I sometimes couldn't even stop them. I remember one time driving my um, child with them on my lap illegally, because at the time, who has time to put a um, put their child in, in a, um, I should have done it. Now, let me be honest with you. I should have put them in, um, put my child in their car seat and all that other stuff. But she was, she was purple. She was losing, she couldn't breathe. She, her airway was restricted. I mean, it was a gamut of different things. And so when I look at my children and how God has kept them and how they have been the, their most healthiest during this pandemic, because we've stayed our behinds in the house, <laughs> like we have stayed in our house and have really quarantined the correct way in order to protect them and ourselves. My kids have not had to use their asthma pump. Not one time this entire pandemic that has never in my since I birthed them, that has not happened. 
they have been in the house. They have been keeping themselves safe. They've been doing everything they needed to be doing. Although there's been other issues like, you know, trying to keep their kids stimulated and their minds together and they miss their friends. I'm talking about just physically. This is the first time I've never seen my kids not get sick. They have not had long codes. They have not, um, had a stomach virus when anytime they go to school and the stomach virus hits the store household is about to get hit three separate times they don't ever get the stomach virus the same day one will get the virus and have it for a day stay home for another day go to school then that next child does the same thing and it's a cycle I have never not once known my kids to have this much type of health where they didn't have any need of any type of medication this is a first. So when you think when I think about the times where I've had to leave a job after I just went in, I was home with the one I took off for this one. Now my husband has to high five and come in and do another child and we have to flip back and then me cover another one. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that that's gratitude. <laughs> that's like gratitude right there. Just on the surface of that. That's gratitude. And so yeah, it's not perfect. Life is never as perfect as we would love for it to be. But at the same time, I have to see the gratitude in my life. Even though my husband and I had that five second, you know, triff, that little argument that we had, because it really was a small argument. We bounced back and we're right there in each other's corner like we're supposed to be. And again, life isn't always perfect, but the gratitude of being able to say that I have someone that is in my corner who is a partner. He wasn't always my partner. I wasn't always his partner. We were uh, married, right? You can be married and not necessarily be the partner that your partner actually needs. But the gratitude of knowing that we are becoming and every single day becoming stronger at becoming the partners that each other actually needs. Laying our ego down, being what that person needs versus me giving them what I think they should have, right? That's gratitude. Um, talking to my family, my grandmother, my mom and my dad, my siblings and my friends and seeing that they're healthy. One of my friends kind of did like a little drive by this week, one of the besties. And she did like a drive by. Uh, we were masked because that's how we do. We do not play games. She works in the hospital system, so we don't play no games. Um, and so just having her just to see her for like a few minutes, I didn't get in her car. We, she was in her car. I stayed outside. We had our mask on, but just physically seeing her and seeing that she's okay. And she did check me because, um, she had called me and I didn't return her call cause I was not feeling well, but in the same token, just having her pop up and say, I just wanted to see you, make sure you're okay. That was good. You know, sometimes it's those gratefulness, those moments that we don't appreciate that we have to go back. So that has been my self-care for this week. I don't know what type of self-care you may have needed this week, but whatever you have chosen, remember, you can always add to that list of self-care. You can always uh, fine tune your list of self-care. Self-care may change because it's supposed to. If you're doing self-care right, self-care is not going to look the same every single time, every single week. But for me, I go through these little series of how I handle self-care. And so I gravitate towards certain things for a certain amount of time, and then I'll let that go, and then I'll pick something else up. So I want you to, as you're going into the weekend, remember Friday, we grab ourselves a great glass of wine. Um, this week, I am grabbing my glass um, for my vino. If you follow me on Instagram at Toy Time Blog, um, I posted, I believe, two posts, two videos about my vino. It is an amazing um, women owned, women founded uh, wine company. They have like wine bags and they're they they're almost reminiscent of like almost like a box wine, but in a bag. But let me tell you something. It fits in your refrigerator completely well. Um, you can put more than one bag in. You know, when you get that box, that's it. 
that box is that corner. That's that corner spot right there. But with my vino, you literally can um, have multiple bags of wine. They last 30 days. They're vegan. <laughs> they've been um, uh, they've been produced um, f uh, by um, Farm of Sustainability and they taste amazing. Like I like a great, amazing tasting wine that doesn't, you know, doesn't have that cheap wine taste, doesn't give you that crazy headache the next day. Just a really glass of great tasting wine is amazing. So I will be having a glass um, by my vino. Um, again, go to my Instagram so you can get the link and you can enjoy your own glass of my vino. You're going to want to enjoy one for yourself. Um, and so that's what I'm going to have tonight. Um, this weekend, I don't have a... Um, a set plan as far as going anywhere. However, I am taking a class. Yes, taking a class, um, the Go-Getter University. If you have not heard, Go-Getter University. This is a great class for you to want to level up, especially if you have a brand. If you're blogging, um, doesn't matter what brand that you may have. Um, you want to get tapped into this. Sometimes we kind of stray away because we don't want to spend money to, um, to become better. But um, go get a university. I highly recommend it. So I will be doing classes. You can kind of take these classes at your time, your pace. So I want to really dig deep this weekend and really get into those classes and really get the meat and potatoes of what I need to help me become one better in life, better in business and all the and, and get all the things, but do it in moderation. And so that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. Um, preparing for next week. I have again, uh, content that I'm working on. So I want to get all of that done. So that's really my goal is to just shoot up some content this weekend, um, not shoot up, but shoot content this weekend, get the, you know, next week together, because we're coming to a close of women's, um, his women's history month. I want to thank every last woman that has been a participant of women's health. It gets bigger every year. I'm super glad. I believe we have about 12 or 13 women this time around that really put themselves out there vulnerable, told their story. So if you have not go on to www.toytime, which is T-O-I-T-I-M-E.org so that you can get these amazing women's stories. They're very encouraging. Um, every woman from just about every walk of life that has been presented on the blog that just telling their raw, their raw story about what they've overcome, the things that they've been stressed out about, how they've overcome that stress, self-care, motivation, and their hustle. And that's what we're talking about for this uh, year's theme. And so, yeah, that's what we'll be working on just so we can finish the month out strong, finish out the month of March because uh, <laughs> March is slowly coming to an end. Remember, tomorrow is the first day of spring, and uh, you can take that as a grain of salt, however, you, wherever you live. For me in Philadelphia, it has not been that warm yet, so we're just hoping spring will be soon come and stay, and um, that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. So I wish you an amazing, amazing weekend. Remember to take the stories that I've talked about, whether you are triggered by something in your past, whether you have um, been a, a person who's dealt with... Um, the silent treatment and realize how detrimental that can be, but to still take control of whatever that may have produced in your life so that you can become better and how you deal with other people. Cause again, it's not everybody's responsibility to, to get you to that place. It's going to be a personal accountability for you to make the decision to become better, to listen better, to love better. Sometimes it just takes loving yourself a little bit better too. 
So have a great week. We will be back next week. Um, I'm enjoying the longer uh, seasons because, you know, we've gotten a little longer. So let's just keep going. And as soon as um, the podcast um, comes out, I will definitely let everyone know. Again, I want to thank Oliver for such an amazing time. And I'm going to link his um, podcast because I want you to listen to it because why not? Um, it's called Awaken the Awesome. And I want you to get in there, listen to his conversations with his various guests. Uh, when the one that I'm on comes out, I'll let you know. But again, Awaken the Awesome. I mean, just think about that type, that topic, that title, Awaken the Awesome. That's the awesome inside of you. There's awesome inside of every last one of us, but it's a journey, right? It's a journey to open that up. Um, have a great weekend. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy. And make sure whatever you choose this week, whether whatever form of self-care you choose, remember self-care is self-care. Take care of you. Do not try to take on everybody else. It's not your responsibility to carry everyone else. And even the people that you're responsible for, there is a level and a point in time when you have to lay them down and make sure you pick yourself back up. So have a great weekend. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.